their behavior to Christian people is making us sad, sometimes we think that we are not the Bangladeshi because we converted. Hello and welcome to this action podcast from Bible League International. I'm your host, Michael Woolworth. For more than 80 years, Bible League International's mission has been to serve the under-resourced church with Bibles and training to transform lives worldwide through God's Word. More on that uh, audio cut you heard in just a moment, but our action podcasts feature powerful stories of God's work around the world, taking you to the front lines of our global ministry and allowing you to see how your gifts and prayers help us realize our mission every day. At the end of this Action Podcast, we'll share how you can partner with the exciting ministry of Bible League International. Bangladesh. It's located in South Asia and is one of the world's most populated countries. Living in a Muslim-majority nation, Christians here are a small minority and often face persecution for their faith in Jesus Christ. A major obstacle is lack of training in evangelism and discipleship, and many in Bangladesh face poverty and illiteracy. But in spite of these factors, believers are boldly proclaiming Christ, and programs from Bible League International are helping to foster growth in the church, both in big cities and remote areas. I'm joined today by Philip, a partner of Bible League. Philip, welcome. Tell us what you do in your role. Mainly, I am giving the training for a state, the church planting training, Project Philip training, Bible-based literacy training and also coordinating all our staff. Okay, you have a lot of responsibility, and I know we'll talk more about uh, each of those individual areas as we go along today. Uh, Tell us what is life like for Christians in Bangladesh? This is a 90% majority Muslim country with a population of 162 million people here, where Islam is the state religion, and where Christians are very poor and marginalized. Anyone who comes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior are easily persecuted, could lose their employment, be disinherited from the family home, removed from the community, suffer physically, emotionally, and psychologically torment. Yet Christians are proclaiming Jesus as Lord. And suffer. So the persecution's real. I mean, you're saying that someone who believes that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life can pay a heavy price, like losing their jobs, uh, being shunned by family and community, and facing emotional abuse. But it's encouraging to hear you say that Christians are boldly proclaiming Jesus. Philip, how else would you describe the faith of Christians uh, there in Bangladesh? The faith of the Christians here is real. No one could fake their Christianity. The cost is too great. Yeah, the cost is so great. Um, Philip, our church is growing in your country, and if so, how is it happening? Our success is growing, and uh, it's growing because we are preaching the real Jesus here. And people are accepting those who are helpless, those who are uh, not peace in their heart. We are going there, and our pastors is going there and uh, having fellowship and uh, showing love of Christ. And they're accepting Jesus, and uh, the church is growing. Well, I love the way you put that. (laughs) The churches are preaching the real Jesus, and uh, that's why the church is growing. Uh, It's so good to know that. Philip, I often ask our guests uh, about the the availability of Bibles and trainings for pastors, lay people, and just Christians in general. Um, What's it like? What's that Bible gap like? in Bangladesh. Because of our level of poverty in the Christian community, Meccan and high levels of 
illiteracy and the bible gap in bangladesh is very large i think it about 70% of christian not owning a personal bible of their own or partnership with bible is helping giving the Bible. Well, that's good to know, Philip. And uh, listeners, I know that many of you pray for us, you support us financially, and uh, you're hearing firsthand from a man on the front lines who is telling you uh, how ministry is possible. So uh, keep it up. Um, Philip, I know this country is one of the largest Muslim-majority nations in the world. How does that dynamic affect Christians as they live out their faith in Christ? There are many challenges in operating our ministries in Bangladesh. There are the problems are mostly poverty, a Muslim country that mostly are hostile to Christian every day, their beliefs. There is no real religious freedom or freedom of speech. This is a reality for Christians in Bangladesh. Yeah, I follow a number of organizations that kind of keep a finger on the pulse of what you just mentioned. And they cite that there is a great lack or a limited religious freedom in Bangladesh. That's a real struggle. You and I were talking before we came on this program, there really is a close connection between government and the majority religion there. And you're saying that laws on the books make it challenging, even difficult for believers on a daily basis. What are some of the other challenges there? Laws are constructed to make it very difficult for the Christian ministry to receive foreign donations even. And their behavior to Christian people is always making us sad. Sometimes we think that we are not the Bangladeshi because we converted into the Christian people. And when people are coming to Christ for a Muslim community, we are simply persecuted. And sometimes people wanted to kill us. So the government and the laws of the Muslim people and the laws against the Christian people and the persecution all together is so difficult and challenging ministry in Bangladesh. Hey, Philip, you're doing a great job giving us uh, the 411, if you will, on Bangladesh. Um, I'm aware of uh, the extreme poverty, the high rates of illiteracy among adults and children, and the lack of training and resources for pastors and lay people. And I know we'll address those uh, issues in a few moments. Talk about big cities and remote areas. Um, How does ministry differ uh, in these very uh, distinct places? The most busiest place in Bangladesh, Dhaka, that is the capital city uh, in Bangladesh, and the Sitagang is another semi-capital city of Bangladesh and rest of the Bangladesh is we called it remote place and so when we are conducting any CPT program then we invite pastors from busy city doesn't matter but but in the capital city our Christian people don't live a lot because busy city is very expensive to live so most of our Christian they are living under poverty and so they are living in the village but few of the christian they are converted from muslim they are living in the city because it is safe for them and when we are conducting any program then our group actually is mixed mostly they are coming from remote area and some of like 25 or 30 percent pastors and evangelists they are coming from the busy city and after the training, they are going back to their city and the rural pastors, they are going back their area. 
Okay, so it's expensive uh, in a city like Dhaka, the the capital of Bangladesh. So maybe thirty percent of pastors who attend trainings uh, live in those urban areas, but all the others are traveling from remote areas. I think that's what you're saying. What happens when they return home? Tell us about that. After the training, they are going to have fellowship with Muslim or non-believers people, and uh, the people is receiving Jesus, and they are taking Bibles from us, and they start to join cell groups, and someone started to join the church. And through these kinds of process, we are sharing the gospel. So they're returning home, and they're engaging in the hard work of sharing Christ and seeing people come to saving faith. That is exciting to hear. Now, listeners know about Project Philip, uh, named, of course, not after you, Philip, but uh, the evangelist Philip. Uh, That's the cornerstone of our global strategy, where people are trained to share Christ. Um, Talk about how Project Philip is used in Bangladesh. Project Philip, we are inviting people, those uh, who are students of school, college, and university, and sometimes uh, evangelists, those who are so young. We choose them, and we invite them to attend our project Philip training. And uh, after the training, they are going back their university, their school, their colleges. And of course, the evangelists, they are going uh, their area. And they started to share the short-term gospel with their friends, with their family, with their community. And uh, they slowly, they start the cell group uh, through the program. And we are giving the Bibles and another books, evangelical and another book, discipleship books. Philip, I heard you say earlier that in a country of 162 million people, illiteracy is high. I mean, there's significant numbers of adults and children here who cannot read or write, but Bible League has a program for that. Um, Talk about this. We go into the village and we invite women and men to join our literacy program. We called it here literacy program because if we told the Bible base that people will not come and the more persecution will happen to us. So we invite people to join our literacy program and they slowly start to learn. And people want to love. 60% people are illiterate here. And the Bible-based literacy program is very successful because people are illiterate. And they come and they learn how to read and write. Then slowly they started to learn about Jesus Christ, about the Savior, and our the scene. Okay, let me stop you right there. I, I love what I'm hearing. So in addition to participants learning to read and write in the Bengali language, I know some people pronounce that Bangla, there's an introduction to Jesus Christ because the Bible is the source of the reading assignments, right? Uh, let me ask you, are people coming through this program and becoming believers? Mostly our participant is non-believer. They don't know about Christ before. The learning process, people People came to Christ and they know Jesus as well. And after six months, sometimes after eight months, some people willing to join some sources. And those who are not able to go sources, they request to come some pastors so that they can know about Christ more. Well, giving the gift of literacy, I mean, that's an amazing gift. And then to provide spiritual literacy, I mean, that's exciting uh, as well. 
Philip, let's turn to church planter training. Um, I know that Christians are a very small minority in Bangladesh, but uh, this church planter training, it's reaching new remote areas with the gospel and seeing new local churches emerge, yes? Yeah, the church planting training, we, we request and we invite mostly the pastors, those who are working for the evangelism. And of course, we also invited some young people, those who are willing to plant a SARS. We invite them and we started SARS planting training. After first module, we give them challenge to share the word of God at least three families or ten persons within the two months. It, it is called the evangelism, the first module. Okay. Let me stop you again, because uh, this is worth noting. Now, you said you challenge those who attend church planner training in Module 1, the first part of the training, to share Christ with three families or ten individuals within two months. I mean, that's a very serious assignment. What comes in Module 2? Second module, when they are coming, we are teaching them the discipleship, how to make disciple in the stars, in the area. And we give them challenge to make them disciples who believes in Christ. And uh, we praise his name because and when they will come again, the second module, mostly they are giving report that two people is accepting Jesus. Someone is telling five people is accepting Jesus. Well, that's so encouraging to hear, Philip. Uh, so participants, they, they leave module two, they've got the aim of creating disciples, and then they commonly come back and share that two people have come to Christ. You say some have even come and reported that as many as five are new believers. I mean, that's praiseworthy. Now, we know that coming to Christ is just the beginning, but as communities of believers emerge— what happens next? When some people come to Christ, we challenge them to keep them baptized in the name of Jesus. And they do it, and after that time, they plant a SARS in the new area. And we can't build a house the first time. We worship under the tree and some other places. And after two years, maybe the group of people, they build their own SARS. Wow, that's so encouraging to hear. Yeah, I know it can be a gradual process, but to see where this training is leading, again, so encouraging. Uh, by the way, Philip, you're doing a great job today of giving us a, really a deeply personal look at Christian life in Bangladesh. Um, just a couple of more questions. Um, how can we pray for you, brother? Please pray for our personal safety and that of our brothers and sisters, of course. And also please pray for we could have more good Bengali Bible study materials that will help our pastors and leaders grow in their personal working with Jesus. Yeah, those are things worth praying for. Uh, personal safety and growth for pastors and leaders in the church. Very good. Hey, finally, those that listen to this podcast, um, they not only pray for partners like you, Philip, but uh, they invest financially uh, in this global ministry. What would you say to them? The pastors and church workers are extremely grateful. You can't imagine how grateful for all the prayers, love, and concern for our ministries. We had been prayers for a long time, and now God has answered our prayers through this partnership with Bible League International. The donors 
we pray for them and we are so satisfied for uh, to them that they are helping us continue the doors are open god is fueling out his blessing on our ministry blessing to all Philip, thank you for that heartfelt message, uh, and thanks for your time today. These uh, few moments together have been very informative, very encouraging, and uh, I think we can now think of Bangladesh, knowing that the challenges for ministry there, they're great, to be sure, but that fellow Christians are living out their faith in bold ways that are glorifying Jesus Christ and helping to build His church. Again, thanks so much. Will you stay involved with Bible League International by praying for and supporting this ministry with your financial gift? By God's grace and through your partnership, we'll continue serving the under-resourced church with Bibles and training to transform lives worldwide through God's Word. Visit BibleLeague.org to learn more about where we serve and to sign up for our e-news and verse of the day. That's BibleLeague.org. And follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Again, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Michael Woolworth for the Action Podcast.